I felt that way my whole career, honestly. You know, it's just that that small market. We don't have the the big time names. You know, the ones that are all over the TV and stuff like that. So um, it can get a little wild for us. But um, we have stars. You know, Don's a star. Rudy's a star. Boyan, guys that deserve to get those calls. And it's just not happening for us right now. And uh, it's it's unfortunate. There's Mike Conley. In the midst of the rage from Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, and I expect they'll both get fined for stuff they said, Conley with the quietly devastating assessment. Do you feel like you're not uh, getting the calls? Oh, I felt like that my whole career. Nice. Mike Conley postgame. Time to bring in a guy who got pretty worked up himself, Craig Bowlerjack, TV voice of the Utah Jazz. Bowler, good morning. Uh, Good morning, guys. You know, PK's come to learn over time that I psychoanalyze everything, and I was psychoanalyzing you during the game. You know, yeah. I know I know Matt a little bit. I know you obviously much better. And I thought there was one point when you got frustrated with the refs, you were ready to just, shut up, Matt. I'm mad, and I'm going to let it rip. And I could just kind of feel Matt going, whoa, I haven't seen this side of Bowler in a while. I better just get out of the way and let him roll here. Yeah, there what, was uh, What irritated you the most? PK and I have come up with our and we'll tell you what our plays were but what really set you off uh i think when Embiid uh continued to i thought um you know harass donovan and actually punk him a little bit by constantly putting the t in in the official's face and then finally the official gave donovan a a, a technical foul the first of two uh, which would then uh put him out of the game and just a few minutes later I, I we really had a good close-up of that and that irritated me that was disrespect of the game which the league talks about and I thought it was a it was a taunt and uh that's what upset me the most that a player cannot officiate a ball game and I thought Embiid was doing that oh agreed that pissed me off royally man <laughs> that was that was complete and total disrespectful, and and I actually think some jazz guy should have gotten his face and said, "What are you doing? Knock Enough. it off!" Yeah, yeah. The whole night, uh, you know, I, I, there were some really interesting comments, uh, and obviously Donovan let it fly. And yes, you're right, DJ. Uh, there will be fines. To what extent, I don't know. And what what money, what value? <laughs> uh, who cares? Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's something that a lot of teams want to say. Uh, again, you know, we've all worked in this market for quite a while, and it's the same conversation that a lot of fans have had with us about. And I don't like to say small market. I'm at a. I'm at a point where Utah and has has grown, and we're we're mid. Okay, we, are we the big? No, you know, that's just the way it is. But. We're a mid-sized market. I, I like to get rid of the small market mentality personally. That's just me. Uh, but, look, you've got uh, multiple all-stars and you have a two-time defensive player of the year. And Some people say you're whining, but at the same time, you know, in, in critical games such as we saw last night, you just have to kind of wonder why the calls go the way they do. And I'd be interested to hear what you guys thought. Uh, you know, I, I have three that probably – we're very, you know, I think we're controversial, and that's where the anger level really starts to jump. Um, I'm not sure what the front office thinks. So they're very quiet when it comes to that. I know that they have had at times publicly, you know, had conversations with the league about issues just like what we saw last night. But, 
the one that really riled me, I thought, was just that Embiid was over the top with antics. And that is something the league has said to us as broadcasters and and to the players about respect of the game, taunting all the above, but that did not occur last night with Joel Embiid as he just kind of officiated himself. And I, I just at the time, it was an intense moment. Uh, the Jazz uh, and Philadelphia really obviously battled from the opening tip until, you know, overtime. And the shot by Embiid was incredible, by the way, uh, in regulation to hit the three, please. That was, you know, uh, he made the shot, and he takes about three a game, and that one just happened to be right down the, the barrel. And, you know, then things got heated as, as we went to overtime, even more so than it was in regulation. I actually loved the post game. I loved the display of emotion. I thought the game was over when Donovan got kicked out, so I enjoyed that. I mean, I wouldn't want it on a nightly basis where it becomes a huge distraction, and right. we've seen players do that. But I think in an isolated case, I enjoyed the fact that him, uh, Mitchell, and Gobert basically went off because if nothing else, it shows me how much they care. Yeah. No, PK, sometimes it has to be done. And, you know, I, I know that there's some fans who believe stay calm, cool, collected, and stay within yourself. But I tell you, still in the human nature, I think all of us blow a top on occasion. Uh, and it costs them financially. But, you know, I think that's just something that, you know, they wave away. That They say, I think what, what I heard last night was not only a statement for the team, but for the for the organization and the, and the state and the fan base. Um, that's what I heard. Uh, I, I may be, you know, wearing the rose-colored glasses, and I admit, you know, I'm with this team. Well, used to be on the road, uh, but not this year. But still, you know, you, you just know these guys. You know how hard they work. You know the frustration that comes with the game and losing. Uh, but this this team is dialed in to take it to the next level, and they don't want to be disrupted for for things that they can't control. And I know – you know the league. You know the the the, the team. That you know Quinn always says. You, you know just control what you can't control. And when you feel like you've lost control of something you can't, uh, you know, pull back in. Uh, that's the frustration part. And I think it's just been building. I really have. Even though the Jazz have had great success this this first half of the season, there's been nights uh, you can tell conversations I've had that it, it, it it's a frustrating issue that's gone on. You know, for not not just this season, it's, it it goes way back. Carl and John would probably tell you the same thing back back in the day, so to speak. Well, we already cited the examples. I mean, you know, longer than any of these players have been here, longer than Quinn, longer than yeah. Dennis has been here. You can go back to I don't know how many people are in the organization even now from when uh, the mystery foul and Kobe. Oh, he fouled the hell out of me and. Devin Brown, he wasn't within a foot of you, dude. I mean, right, it, was, it was just right. a terrible call. And whether it's a terrible call because refs are bad or it's just a terrible call because people make mistakes or whether it's a terrible call because, hey, Kobe's a superstar and he gets calls. You know, whatever it is, it was a terrible call. And you yeah. could go back to Dick Bavetta in the finals. And, like, I get that 27-year-old fan may not remember that, but I, I guarantee oh. you a 47-year-old fan sure is wincing in agony just at the word Bavetta. But, right. but Bola, this has been going on since before Dick Bavetta was a ref. Will Chamberlain never fouled out of a game. This is just the nature of the NBA, and nothing ever changes. And I get people are human and below their top because I've blown my top to PK on the phone in 2021. So <laughs> I to- and I'll I'll tell you later what it was about, and you'll find it okay. hilarious. Yeah, I'll, and I'll like and so it just it uh you know I get that. 
But I watched that Jordan documentary, and he was exhausted. Just like the Jazz were exhausted. I thought they were really fatigued in New Orleans. right? And if they had played in Philly, the way they played in Philly, if they played like that in New Orleans, they would have won that game by 10 or 15. Right, right. But Jordan, when he was exhausted, found something, even if he had to make it up, that made him mad, that summoned this extra energy. That's what they're going to have to do going forward because the calls aren't changing. It didn't change with Wilt. It didn't change when Magic reffed his own playoff games and went down the middle and threw his arms in the air and yelled and got to the free throw line. It didn't change with Jordan. It didn't change with Kobe. It didn't change three years ago when Dwayne Wade got free throws and Gobert went off and got fined, and then he got a foul. One second on the jump ball. One second in the game he had a foul, and three minutes in he was kicked out. This stuff never right. changes. We yeah. can be as mad as we want, and it's kind of fun radio, so I kind of like it. But <laughs> it doesn't change. No, you know? I think, I think that, that probably is the, is the end point of the whole discussion is that you can be frustrated, you can voice your frustration, but this is something that just isn't just one particular night in Philadelphia. This is something that you just... Uh, eloquently stated, this is just a, uh, something that we have seen trends throughout time. And, you know, it's a human element. We're always going to have that. Do you want it robotically done? Most people would say off the cuff, well, yeah. But in reality, no. The human element still is part of the sports brand of what we do. It also, as you said, DJ, motivates, generates sports talk, right? Which we're having at the moment. But it's a human element that will never go away because mistakes are made. The eye, how quick do you actually see? And then the replay maybe is the worst enemy of the official. Look, just for an example, last night on the out-of-bounds play where Royce busted tail to save it, my eye went where? My eye only went to his Foot. foot. But my argument is that the replay official then told us and again, we're waiting as the fans are, and you feel you feel um, like you're you're misinformed because the uh, the out of bounds official actually could have told us or even put a hand to his thigh to say, mm-hmm. you know, no, the ball hit my leg, yeah. which I later learned from Sakakis that that actually was what they looked at. Not the foot where we all were, were focused upon, and clearly uh, Royce released the ball, and Donovan had had a runaway bucket to the rim uh, had it not been whistled. And that is what was upsetting, too, is the misinformation, or at least where my eye went, when he, as an official, personally would have said, he could have jumped and said, no, hit me here. Out of, you know, the ball is dead, but that didn't occur. And I think that's what – and then the replay was such a long, you know, ordeal of, of time. It's like, what what could it be? And then we find out that the ball actually, before even Royce busted tail to save it, when he reached for the ball, he actually glazed the leg of the official who was out of bounds, dead ball. So that would have taken care of a lot of the argument had that whistle or his reaction would have helped us all understand what had gone on. What's your level of concern having lost three of four versus oh, it's a little bit of a lull, nothing really to worry about? Well, I think uh, DJ said something. Fatigue, I think mentally uh, there's been a lot of stress on this team down the stretch, and you know, holding on to the top level of the NBA isn't easy. Another lesson learned. You know, you bring up the names of LeBron and Michael. 
this is where it really gets tough, the mental side of the game. Look, physically, uh, and also, I mean, there's fatigue, but also I think Quinn has told him, and and Donovan has said it too, PK, is that, look, we have the attitude of not being tired, of not being fatigued. If you're going to win it, if you're going to go to the Western Conference Finals, if you're going to take it, then you have to push through. So this is one of those things, I think, that you push through. Jazz are still a very deep team. They have a lot of weapons, three-point shot, rim, mid-range, Clarkson, Joe. Um, you know, I, I don't think you can get – the way they've lost have been close battles. Zion, look, man, the guy's good. He's he's much improved even when we saw him a month, couple of months ago in Salt Lake City and the Jazz took two from the Pelicans. That's a good team. Ball's better. Ingram's a good blend. And uh, I still think the Jazz overall, PK, have a, have a deeper bench in reality, uh, but also multiple weapons. They're just going to have to push through and grow. I think this is a process. People may not like to hear it, but it is. You know, to go from one level to the next, you have to experience a hell of a lot. And last night was probably one of the best examples of, of a season where when you have the target on your back, you have to find ways, DJ, as you just said, you got to find a way to get angry, get mean, get nasty, not knocking people's heads off, but internally finding ways to push through. Uh, and I think last night was just one of those steps. I really do. Hell of a game, by the way. And uh, you can see why Philadelphia, and Bede's a beast, 280, the guy's nimble. He's like Zion, uh, even better, in my opinion, at the moment. And uh, you know, Tobias Harris is uh, is is a player that complements him well, and you've got some shooters. They don't take a lot of threes. Their game is more old-fashioned, is to power and beat you up. So the Jazz, have, I think, have to become a team too, where they can handle the physicality and also answer back themselves. I thought Rudy played well, uh, despite Embiid's power play, but uh, he tried to hold his ground. He, you know, he's outweighed by forty. Uh, but Rudy was, uh, you know, doing the best he could. And what I like too is that Gobert had the back of Donovan and Conley. It's well documented now that he wasn't on the post game list, but he said, "Nope, I'm coming in." That tells me too, close team, got your back team. We're not done, and and I think this is only a motivator for the second half. So I would say that I am. Uh... Actually, watching the way this trip ended, I wouldn't worry about the Jazz winning a bunch of games in the second half. I think what you need to worry about specifically, though, is this trend, uh, and I'm not sure why it's happening. It could be because they had so much continuity early, they just had an edge early. Also, you got to give other teams credit to adjusting to what the Jazz are doing. But when they're seeing good teams uh, second or third time, they're losing. You know, yeah, they beat Philly the first. And I know there's a bunch of one-offs. You know, Embiid didn't play in the first game. So there's a bunch of this built into it. But the second time they see Miami, they lose, and I realize Miami was healthier. The second time they see Philly, they lose, I realize Philly was healthier. The third time they see the Clippers, because the second time they saw the Clippers, the Clippers didn't have their stars. But the third time they saw the Clippers, they lost. The second time they saw Denver, they lost. And I wonder how much of this continuity and how much is – they're playing differently than most of the league, and it takes teams a little while to catch on. But once they do, they can figure out how to handle it. And those, I don't know which it is, but that's where the red flag is for me. Yeah. No, no it's, it's fair. It's a fair assessment. And I think that's where the Jazz adjust to have to throw another wrinkle into what they do. I think what I see, too, DJ, is that on missed shots because of the threes, the amount of threes, 
those balls kick hard most of the time off the rim. Thus, you get a, a running downhill mentality, and the Jazz have trouble in transition. And that's where athletic teams with guard play, fast guards, can actually bust tail and get out and score at the rim. And it's, a, it's an amazing thing. The three can do a lot of damage. A couple of back-to-back threes, you get a run rolling. But if you miss those shots, you allow your opponent uh, to jump and go. And I think that that's where I would see, too, some of the problems uh, that have occurred is uh, the ability to, to break the paint, get to the rim off missed shots. And the other part I would say, uh, despite the way the Jazz have played, turnovers still become an issue. It, it is for every team. But I think for the Jazz, they have to be much more protective of the ball, make sure the pass is crisp. You can't lob it over the top and have a guy pick it off in mid-flight, which happens, uh, I think, too often personally. But um, I, I, those are a couple. I think you know those are a couple of areas that you would have to look at in the second half. You know, cut down the turnovers three or four a game, uh, and not allow the team, especially when you turn the ball over, to score off the turnover. And that's what the Jazz have given away a lot of points, and they fouled quite a bit during this road trip as well. And it's hard to, to corral the Zions and the Embiid's of the world. But uh, that's those are issues I think you have to talk about. Bowler, as always, we appreciate it. You enjoy the downtime, man. Look at you. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, yeah take a little breather. I'll be ready by Monday. But... Uh, <laughs> But uh, we'll uh, we'll be back at it on a home game. The other part of this too, uh, PK. By the way, I mean I, I could use a song, but I, I know that's probably what you and DJ got into it about <laughs> over the phone. But uh, you know, sing us out to a break. But the Jazz have a challenge too to start the second half. Right, Houston home, then five on the road. So they just come away from four. So I tell you, the second half of the season starts with a challenge. They're gonna have to find their road, uh, their the, the way to win on the road again, like they did before. Uh, just to be clear, we didn't get into it on the phone. He just absorbed my sound and fury. Oh, I was frustrated. I was frustrated about something else, and so I called PK because I knew he'd understand, and I let her rip. You let her rip. I let her rip. Yeah, he was is just there, no. PK you, was just being a good teammate. Hey PK, any fines forthcoming? <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I've known this me. man <laughs> for for almost thirty years now, yeah. Yeah. and that was that was, that top was tenor. awesome. Yeah, that was a top tenor. Yeah. I let her rip. Oh, I covered yeah. a lot, I covered a lot of ground. Would that have been a twenty thousand dollar fine night or <laughs> oh big time? I like yeah. to talk, but I didn't even say five words. Wow, because it was not it was you, not uh-huh. my time to talk. It was my right. time to listen. Uh huh. Yes, uh-huh. I had to take it, it to a safe space, and I did. Yeah. It was impressive. <laughs> well yeah, done, it was. DJ. It was. It was good. That was a little but disturbing too. You know, sometimes <laughs> as cool and calm as you may be, sometimes the long fuse just burns at the end, and I think there that's what is. happened to to you. Yeah. Oh, it was. Yeah. No. I, I think PK agree, would agree that that was probably ten to twelve years in the making. It was a long fuse. <laughs> that is a long fuse, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. All well right. Done. We got we got to run, Bowler, but we appreciate it, and uh, we appreciate you getting all sorts of fired up on the broadcast. And yeah, and you and Matt, good. even though you're in separate cities and neither one of you are in the city of the game, is I thought you guys did a good job of being on the same wavelength. I could really feel what Mao was thinking when you were getting fired up. Yeah. And if we get him on over the break, I will discuss this with him. Yeah, discuss I, that with him. Please. I mean, I'm, I'm more into the broadcast than most people are going to be because it's what I do, and I've had to do remote broadcast. But, yeah, I thought 
thought I thought there was some telepathic communication going on between the two of you. <laughs> I was impressed. <laughs> Six cents. Yeah. Yeah. Right. All right. Thanks, Bowler. Guys, talk soon. Thanks. Uh, take care. Everything you missed in this show. Next one segment. We'll get you all up to speed. Stay with us. Harden now. Left wing, front court, three on the way. Good! James Harden with a three. He's got 27, and Houston needs a timeout. Levine at the point. Levine on the drive. Stops, pops, got it! A three ball on the right. Zach Levine with another triple. That's his fourth in seven attempts. He's got 30. Same top of the key. Against baseball, steps back. Deep three, buries it! Damian Lillard from game distance, and the Blazers lead 108-106. Down to seven seconds left, over to Green. Green, head fake, he dribbles, goes up for the layup, it is no good. It's an offensive foul! Charge, Damian Lillard took the charge. Damian Lillard draws the charge with 3.3 left. A lot going on in the NBA last night. Certainly the Jazz and the Sixers, a big Game in the league, the top team in the East, the top team in the West, and it goes to overtime with all the drama. Plenty of other big games there. You hear Damian Lillard with a huge shot. Not a great game for him, 22 points, but he hits the big shot. And the Blazers beat the Warriors 108-106. If you haven't seen the uh, the crazy hoop that Steph Curry threw in from underneath the hoop, you got to see that. It's all over social media. It was it was just an awesome move by him, and it looked like Cantor fouled him, and he didn't get the call, and he sat on the ground and held his arms out like, what are you guys watching? Uh, but it was a heck of a play. So there's that game as the uh, Blazers, and it looks like it's going to be a wild race for fifth in the West, PK. There are plenty of teams, whether it's the Blazers, it looks like Denver's coming. The Blazers should get healthier after the break. They should get C.J. McCollum back. Uh, the Spurs, at least from my point of view, are unexpectedly in this mix. Uh, so plenty of teams battling there. That's interesting to watch. And the Lakers, the shorthanded Lakers, uh, have now lost 7 out of 10 as the Kings came from behind and beat them 123 to 120. But he healed with 29. Just as long as you lose four in the playoffs, all I care about. <laughs> That's really what we, <laughs> what everybody here wants. Uh, the Rockets have lost 13 in a row. The Nets predictably went in and beat them. James Harden returned to Houston, 29 points, 10 rebounds, 14 assists. And a 132-114 win. Uh, the Mavericks did not have Luka Doncic, but they got 19-13 and 13 from Chris Stapps Porzingis, and the Mavs beat the Thunder 87-78. How many quarters did they play, PK? It seemed like they missed the fourth quarter. They took the night off, man. That's way low scoring in today's yeah. game. Way low scoring. So that's some of the stuff we've been talking about in the NBA. The college hoops, the, the Utes, they're up and down. It continues. They lose to Oregon State. They're up at halftime, but they lose 75-70. They're 10-12. and 12. And Utah State plays Wyoming tonight. The Aggies firmly on the bubble. They got Wyoming at home tonight. Scotty G has the uh, call, 7 o'clock with the pregame, 7.30 for the tip-off. You can listen to it right here on The Zone. I don't think they are on the bubble. I think they got to win the tournament. There's no hope for them, huh? The other tournaments, the upsets will knock them off. Even if it looks like they're on the bubble now, it won't matter by the time all the, the one seeds get upset and eat up some more at-large birds bids. There's no reason why they can't, but I'd be surprised if they got an at-large bid. Uh, Weber State hosts Northern Colorado tonight. Weber State, Southern Utah, who's at Portland State, and Eastern Washington. A three-way race in the big sky, uh, and then a four-way race. Well, Boise State's backed out of it a little bit uh, at the top of the Mountain West. And then there's the Jazz. We spent a lot of time on the Jazz this morning. Sum it all up, PK, for the people who just joined us after 930 who missed three and a half glorious hours of radio. They lost and they got screwed. (laughs) 
That was very concise. You've got a few more minutes than that if you'd like. Oh, okay. Well, Okay, how about this? We It got buried by the fact that they lost and they got screwed and the refs at the end. But everything we were talking about 24 hours ago that we wanted to see, we saw all of that. But because the game was winnable, because they had actually big leads at times in the fourth quarter, uh, that all gets lost. But as far as the effort, the execution, they got to play better than they did in New Orleans. And all those things, they got to play better, they got to play smarter, they got to play hard, all that stuff. The game was great back and forth. The Jazz coming in with a chip on their shoulder because the way this road trip's going. The Sixers coming in with a chip on their shoulder because they lost in Utah. And Embiid's mad that people were calling him out thinking he was scared to go bare. So this, this was a high-end regular season game. Yeah, I thought it was always going to be that. I said that all day yesterday. That's why I put a little more stock into that game. And sure, they lost in heartbreaking fashion. I love the effort. Uh, clean up some stuff, but you know, no team's going to be playing perfectly all the time, that's for sure. And I don't want them to be playing perfectly in the first week of March anyway. When the postseason is two months, it's a season unto itself. So you got plenty of time here to get better and sharpen up. And, you know, you just look at Joe, who wasn't much of a factor in the New Orleans game, was a huge factor in this game to the point where I would like to see him in more. He doesn't play the end of the game, he doesn't play it all at overtime. I thought that was somewhat of a mistake, uh, the way he's playing. Because if he's shooting the ball well and he's shooting with such confidence, he's one of those guys who has the ability to make everybody else better too. And it just it comes natural to him. So that was a nice improvement that he made from one game to the next. There's a lot of positives and some negatives that they have to work out. And you know, Philly with it, Embiid is, is a prolific player. He is the Jokic of the uh, Eastern Conference. So, and you look at some of their losses. Well, we know uh, Denver, Jokic went off, and I'd have to say Embiid went off. I'm not watching him every game, but it's hard to imagine that he's going to have that much more of an impact on an individual game than what he had against the Jazz. Well, he finished with 40 and 19. I guarantee he's not averaging that. I wouldn't think, you know, he's certainly not averaging that. (laughs) I know, right? But I mean, in terms of the impact beyond the stats. I mean, he was so dominant, and to be able to hit, to back up and hit that three, to go backward, yep. not be there already, that's what I would have loved to see Gobert on Embiid in that situation. Give him a two all you want, but the only way it's going to overtime is if they make the three, and I would have loved to see, not that Bogdanovich was bad because he wasn't under any circumstances, I'm not saying that. I just think that I would have loved to see him uh, be guarded by Gobert and see what would he what would he have done. At least psychologically, he knows. Hey, I can't just dominate this guy because he's so tall and so long. He averages thirty and eleven. He went for forty and nineteen. And the most impressive stuff was that they went to him in the fourth quarter, possession after possession, and he got him bucket after bucket. And then the three was gigantic on top of that. And then give him credit because I think he knew if you wouldn't, he can't admit it that they were the beneficiary of calls and non-calls. But I think he knew that I could pretty much get away with anything here. <laughs> and so I'm going to lower my shoulder on Gobert, and I'm just going to go through him. And he did, and he did not go bare five feet away. It was clearly, in my mind, an obvious charge. But give him credit for knowing that I could probably get away with this. That's smart play. 
Well, you got to know. You got to know how the whistle's going and what you can get away with and what you can't. You're always supposed to adapt to how a game's being called and all that stuff. We've heard that over and over in multiple sports, college and pro. So he did it. Yes. So I guess we can uh, assume the Jazz fans will not forget this. This is going to stick out, right? Is this going to be one of the top three games of the year? Uh, remains to be seen. Remain, yeah, it remains to be seen because you still have a half of a season to are there, go. Are there any – how many wins stay with Jazz fans? Because I think this loss and the Denver loss stay with Jazz. I don't know that the Clipper loss does. I think this loss and the Denver loss bug Jazz fans big uh, time. New Orleans, too. I mean, that's a, we can compliment New Orleans all we want. But they should have won a game. The Jazz. New should. Orleans is an under five hundred team, and they lost last night to the Bulls. Right? Don't. So we can act like New Orleans is all that, but they're not. They lost to the Bulls. The Bulls aren't very good this year. They haven't been very good for a while, and they're not very good again. Chet Walker's not walking through that door. <laughs> Chet Walker. Wow. Isn't he Jalen Rose's father? Uh, I don't know. I think he is. That's okay. why. That's why his. That's. Uh, I think he played back in the early seventies. He played with Jerry Sloan. Jerry Sloan's uh, talked about him. Okay, that's where I got it from. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, for the Jazz now, it's All Star break time. Shut it Good. down. Stew Good. on this. I'd rather they be irritated over All Star break than be fat and happy. Yep. And there are plenty of examples of teams that went into the All-Star break cold and came out hot, came out flying. And for the Jazz, there'll be a big road trip to open up. Well, actually, there's a home game to open up. But then immediately after that, it's the Rockets. And immediately after that, there's a big road trip. So we'll see how much of this fire they take out on the road. It's now time to bear down, man. uh, 36 down, 36 to go. This is the halfway point. Two and a half months away from postseason. And people are now, they doubted you when you were winning. So they're certainly going to doubt you when you lost three or four. Uh, That's no question. I haven't watched the clip yet. I, we were talking earlier about how this is going to be a national story. So whatever you, however you consume your media the rest of the day, it's going to be out there. I'm looking at ESPN.com now, and I haven't listened to it, but there's a clip here. Stephen A. takes issue with Donovan Mitchell's ejection. Stephen A. Smith unloads on NBA officiating and the ejection of Donovan Mitchell. It's going to be a okay, thing. Well, that is, so that is taking issue with ejecting or getting ejected. Two I bel- well, because he's unloading on NBA officiating, I think he is going to present a point of view that is sympathetic to Jazz fans. And Jazz fans are going to go, yeah, Stephen A., that's right, Stephen A., yes! But I don't know. The way it's phrased, I see why you asked. But uh, when he unloads on NBA officiating and the ejection of Donovan Mitchell. My guess is he's more upset with the officials than he is Donovan. Stephen A. Smith, now I never understood how a former print guy could make a decent living just being out of some loudmouth on television. That just makes no sense to me. Yeah. Should we just leave it there and go to break early? How could could anybody do that? That's outrageous. Mic drop, let's go. All right. (laughs) On that note, your feedback coming up next. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Have we ever talked to John on the air? No, no. And I've got questions. Is he there? 
I'm here. Hey, John, how are hey, you? Hey, John. I'm good. How are you guys? Uh, John, yeah. while we have you. No, no. We've had a, uh-huh. a, a long back and forth about a pitchfork incident. I want to know the details of my buddy here and your brother running a pitchfork through you. <laughs> we were out working and, you know, cleaning our ends or whatever you want to call it. And uh, he thought that he was like King Triton and he uh, threw that pitchfork and uh, oh! exactly <laughs> threw enough. He sat on the mark and put it right underneath the kneecap. Did you throw a trident? Yeah, and I killed a guy with a trident. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah, I think the Jazz, they, they they got screwed by the refs. The refs were bad. I actually got mad at Jordan Clarkson for not taking a shot earlier in the game. My positive spin on that nasty, disheartening loss last night, besides benching Conley, would be a fantasy. But the Jazz can fester about that and come out the second half of the season and smoke people. When is the last time you heard Donovan Mitchell complain? It's not like Chris Paul on every fetch and play. If I was a referee, at least pull him aside and hear what he has to say rather than just team up and let Embiid call the game. Refs are like water cause they will run over any coach who gives resistance that is slim. We don't understand why Quinn sat on his hands while they stole the game and ran over him. <laughs> a lot of emotion, a lot of energy today, PK. Uh, well, it was going to happen either way. Right, yeah. We all know the late Jerry Sloan would have been thrown out of last night's game, don't we? <laughs> I got thrown out at home. Uh, you got banished? Oh, yeah. My wife, she started cleaning up. I said, what are you doing? Sit down! <laughs> That'll get you teed up. I'm talking to Mrs. K like she that. She threw me out, man. I had to go outside, take a walk around the block. So during the break, I listened to Stephen A. Smith. They had a minute 38 clip from, uh, from uh, Take Two. And his, so his take on this is that the NBA officials are blowing it by throwing young stars out of the game. What are you doing? Booker, he, and he, he started with Booker. He said, I told you yesterday Booker shouldn't have, because he's talking to Max Kellerman. He says, I told you yesterday Booker shouldn't have been thrown out of that Suns-Lakers um, game. He says, well, you got that these, was with like 19 minutes to go, not 19 seconds. Right. But he said, you got these small market teams. You got this whole nobody wants to watch these teams because nobody knows who they are. He says, you got these young guys. They're legit stars. Booker and Mitchell are legit stars. What are you throwing them out of games for? People aren't going to fall in love with them if they can't see them play. They're very good. Let them play. If you got to give them a tee, give them a tee. Uh, but you don't, need to be throw, you don't need to be throwing Booker out, and you don't need to be throwing Mitchell out. I, I, I disagree on that. Well, that Mitchell, was his take. It was, it was meaningless. Because there was 30 seconds left. Yeah. And this small market stuff, I, I think that's overblown. When, since when is Phoenix a small market? Compared to New York, maybe. But yeah. compared to most uh, New of the York teams, and L.A. Well, everybody is then. Yeah. Well. Then there's only two major markets in the league. That's ridiculous. Yeah, well, LeBron makes you a major market if he goes to Miami. And he's in Los Angeles. Yeah, he's not he's in, in any place else. Right. But when he was in Miami, they were a big And player. I don't think Miami's a small market. That's my whole point. They're not. I think, Mar- I think Miami's like TV market uh, 12 or 14 or something like that. They're pretty big. Back to TV is determined. Everything. Well, that's what small market's all about, PK. I disagree because Phoenix is not a small market. Medium. <laughs> Again, it's the not point a small is, market. It's not I can a, repeat it. It's not a club that's been on somebody's radar. And, and that has nothing to do with freaking market size. And stars will put you on a radar and quit kicking these guys out. 
That was his take. He thinks the NBA officials are way too quick on the tr- on the trigger to run these guys. And he's got to come up with something every day. Yes, he does. <laughs> but you were asking from the headline what it was, and that's what it was. I disagree with it. I, I don't throw Devin Booker out with 19 minutes to go in the game unless he darn near punches you. I agree with that. But I don't think it's market size and whatnot. That's... If that was an issue, then the Lakers would win every title, and the Knicks would win the ones that the Lakers didn't win. And the Knicks haven't won much anything. Father Anarchy tweets at us, It's hard to like it, but that was a great shot. And Embiid is the guy you absolutely hate until he's on your team. I get that take, but I can't really work up that much hate for Embiid. I mean, I did not like the T. That was taunting. But I still can't hate him for it. He's in the moment. That was a heck of a game. He put up a... He, well, it doesn't matter whether you hate him or not. I mean, it's, That's part of the fun for fans. Just don't, don't allow things to happen. I, I would have preferred some jazz guy to just get in his face or slap his hand away from making the <laughs> T sign. I would have, yeah. John says, I'm fully expecting a fight during the All-Star game. Yeah, that's not going to happen. A fight? That's <laughs> not going to happen. I'm not even sure they break a sweat. <laughs> they don't get within arm's length of each other. <laughs> Jogging around, putting up jumpers. <laughs> yeah. John says, shouldn't have Embiid have received a technical as well? The double standard is evident. You can't show up another player. Uh, is that taunting, though? Uh, it's one of those judgment calls. Could go either way. Uh, they could have teed him for it. I wouldn't have. They didn't. They were too busy teeing Donovan. I wouldn't have. Te- I don't even know that they were looking. I'm not even sure they saw it. He did it long enough. I'm going to assume at least one of the three refs saw it. Yeah, that's that's not a T. That's not T worthy in my mind. But I'm f- I'm pretty liberal in what needs to be a T. Robert tweets at us at Spider D Mitchell and Vegas bookmakers both keep saying this can't keep happening who will win asked Tim Donahue where's Fletch we need some investigative sports journalism at Chevy Chase to go Fletch wow <laughs> need a detective let's get to the bottom of this mystery Fletch wasn't a detective he was a journalist yeah but he was an investigative journalist he was yeah oh and he and in his methods they're a little unorthodox <laughs> but he got the story he did <laughs> he did. They were on the box. Uh Put it on the underheels, Bill. He got to the bottom of it. All right. Last word, PK. That's the feedback. Got anything else you want to share with the people before we turn this over to, to Scotty G and Hands? Scotty's in here early, all buckled up and ready to go. He is geared I, up for four hours of jazz talk. I think we're supposed to have Joe Ingles on tomorrow. They were flying back late last night, yeah. and so there was no need for him to get up super early today when he can do it tomorrow. Yes, Joe should be here tomorrow. We will expect that. And David Locke as well for his Friday visit. So we will talk to you tomorrow. Scotty G and Hands are coming up next right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.